Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is Previously Live. We only looked at one clip before with Lance on, uh, on Tim Pool. Apparently they talked about trans rights stuff. I think it didn't get made into a clip, maybe because Tim Pool got epically owned in the marketplace of ideas. The Anheuser-Busch CEO has finally disavowed the Dylan Mulvaney ad in private to investors, though he's not made a public statement. Sales are down 26%. They're going to be giving out free cases of beer to distributors, and they've vowed to spend millions of dollars in marketing. But uh, the boy... So this is not true. They always spend millions of dollars in marketing. I don't know why that's like framed as a response thing. What the CEO was doing was saying, as it clearly says right here, that the Dylan Mulvaney thing was not a campaign, which it wasn't. They paid for one Instagram ad. Uh, that's it. Um, I, the sales, hold on, is exactly as it was before. Now, conservatives have been coping that like, oh, the stock price just hasn't moved to adjust to the change in sales, which is bullshit. Um, sales go up and down all the time throughout the year due to like a million factors. If you want to take a look at whether or not you know, real harm is being done to a corporation. You look at their stock price, which has literally been like level for months, basically. Higher than it was before. So, you know, conservatives keep trying to do this like, mm, well, I saw TikTok of this one guy who worked at a grocery mart saying nobody's coming over to pick up any Budweiser. What's happening? But in reality, it's just they can't really muster a boycott against a company that large. It's not it's not happening. Boycott is particularly effective, I would say. And there's videos now coming out of people at sporting events where the Bud Light is just behind the counter, totally full, and everyone's buying. Literally, Bud. I just made a joke. They see one TikTok of a guy going, oh, nobody's buying Bud Light. He's like, well, you see these videos where, where they, keep, they keep the beer fully stocked, so, so nobody's buying it. Their brands. So uh, did Ian and Seamus both just leave at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they went, but they, they ran both leave. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's 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 jump into this. What are your sure. thoughts on the on the Budweiser thing? Uh, my thoughts are keep going. You're doing awesome, all of you. I, I mean this to every single person protesting Bud Light. Yes, I am so here for this. It's amazing. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, but Bud, Budweiser sucks. Anheuser Busch sucks. It's a massive multinational yeah. corporation. They're that's absorbing. super anti LGBTQ plus, so it's been beautiful to see. <laughs> I love it. Oh, they donate so much to right wing Republicans oh, who push anti LGBTQ laws. So Anheuser Busch getting taken down. Oh man, I, I'm so here for it. Keep me going. too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, they think that <laughs> they can pay off Republicans. They can hire GOP aides, right. and that is going to be satisfactory for their customers who are upset with them as a brand. So clearly, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. What we can see where I think we agree is that Anheuser-Busch is a faceless corporation with no real values that is willing to willing to spit in the faces of the little guy if it earns him a profit. <laughs> the little guy. They're the anti, the, 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 the bourgeoisie at Anheuser-Busch have, have betrayed the working class with their one Instagram ad of Dylan. So this is what toothless populism looks like. We've made fun of this before. Tucker Carlson does this all the time. But this is like the inept co-opting of populist rhetoric. Uh, with, with like no teeth, like no, no substance, completely empty. They're a trash company and nobody should buy their products. Well, that's true. The left and the right both agree. Here, here. Unity for once. I hope they fail. Same thing with Disney. Keep going after Disney. I'm Absolutely. For it. Take Disney down. I'm, I'm all for the right wing <laughs> taking on Disney, all for the right wing taking on Anheuser-Busch. Yes, of course. These are terrible.
and corporations. I'm all here for it. Um, by the way, the Daily Mail is like the number one source on the show, right? Like every single time you've pulled it up. Because that same site that you showed me, All Sides Media Bias, it has the Daily Mail on right wing. And I know that you yourself, when you, yeah, when you pulled it up. they're actually fantastic, the but, Daily Mail. But if you use them as a primary source, you understand why I'd say that like. We this... don't use them as a primary source. Okay. What happens is when we when we pull up stories. He, he does. Um, Tim, Tim Pool will. I, I have no idea who the centrist grift is meant to appeal to. Like at this point, Tim Pool will exclusively say right wing things, defend right wing people, promote right wing causes. But he'll like never admit to being right wing. I don't think he'll li literally never do it. It doesn't matter how obvious you make it. He'll just never admit to it. I'll, I'll go to like CNN, The New York Times, The Wall Street mm -hmm. Journal, Fox News, ABC. And then coincidentally, every time it, he pulls up the Daily Mail article and then reads it as though it's the first time he's heard about the story. You know, he he gets a balanced diet from a bunch of different media sources and then he throws them all away and goes back to the Daily Mail. Da Daily Mail. Mm -hmm. And they'll each have like 300 words. And then you go to the Daily Mail after doing a search on, on key elements of the story. And the Daily Mail will have like seven different versions of all breaking down different components. Is he seriously defending the Daily Mail on the premise that it inflates its word count? Is that at, you know it's better because it has more words? Is that actually? Ah, incredible. Incredible stuff. Phenomenal stuff. Very intelligent. Like if you scroll down the Daily Mail, they often do these special sections where they have entirely different stories within the story, providing more context. Like for instance, this you mean they chain together multiple articles to keep low IQ viewers attached and sell you more ads? Okay. This story from the Daily Mail not only talks about the current story with the CEO, but it even goes all the way into all of the context going back to the commercial that was was released, the, the, the sale drop at 6% in the first week, to, to the, the video, it, it, it like covers- it Incredibly high-hitting journalism here. The, the, like, the sale um, drop at 6% in the first week. A photo of a guy dumping Bud Light into the toilet, you know, nothing but the uh, highest quality investigative journalism being put on display here. To the, the video, it, it, it like covers like literally every, even as a photo of the VP and her husband, yeah. how in-depth this story is. How is that related to the story? It just allows them to fit more ad space on the right-hand side. Oh my God. It's, I, I feel like I'm watching like a child or maybe like a monkey presenting like a children's toy and going like, oh, you do, ooh, ooh, and like pointing at the, the holes and the colors and stuff, you know? So it's like if I'm going to pull up a single article, I can pull up five ABC, CBS, New York Times, or I can just pull up this one that has seemingly everything in it, including Kid Rock, including John Rich. <laughs> wow. Just dozens and dozens of photos taken from all over the Internet of conservatives trying to get attention by throwing away Bud Light they bought. Including Bud Light being poured into a dumpster. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a massive aggregator. Yeah. But honestly... I have no problem with y'all going after uh, Bud Light. Uh, have a time, go nuts. Um, I have a really big problem with what I feel on this show is a lot of anti-trans hysteria and fear-mongering that takes place. You want to like, open that book? Uh, I have that book at home. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. And I'm totally comfortable talking about that book. I've read it. Oh. Um, Should it be in schools? I want to talk to you about the trans issue, though, because right, and that's, right, what that, that's why I ask about the book. Okay, it opens we, can, the door. we can get to the books and the schools, the curriculums, and everything mm -hmm. that the Florida's taken away. But you are... You profess to be kind of like fact-based, science-based, right? Yeah. Like, like you pull up. I've, I've noticed you want to pull up stats and figures and stuff like that. Of course. Why is it that you push 
propaganda when it comes to trans people. Like what? That is so far beyond the pale. Like what? Okay, let's start with gender affirming care. Mm -hmm. Gender affirming care, you're very, very against. I've heard you call it what, the mutilization, the mutilized like I mutilation. Don't it, I don't call it mutilation. I've never said that. That's what you say on your show. I do. No, I, don't. I don't know if he does. I call no, it mutilating I don't. children. Yeah. I call it child sex change. When you were talking about Dwayne Wade moving his family, you... someone in the crowd said, "Why are you mutilating your son?" That was a quote from someone else. I didn't say that. But I then, call it. But then you made, and it... I've I've explicitly said I don't take. So right. So it me. So okay. We're doing it back again. Now we can see Tim is taking an opportunity to pull away from the point here, to now like posture as some kind of balanced or reasoned interlocutor in a way which is obviously just because this is a semantic argument right here like it's obviously not like the the, the substance of the point the right agi agitator approach of calling it mutilation because that's not effective in having a conversation i will plainly call it a child sex change as what it is i'm not going to call it gender affirming or mutilation because i don't think those things accurate accurately explain what it is okay so wait but then why would he call it a sex change because the right doesn't believe you can change your sex that way that that doesn't make any sense like the the a central argument from the right is that sex is immutable why would you then use the term sex change but not gender affirming care which is like an extremely neutral medical accurate so when it comes to gender affirming care Zero to about are, are ten. You talking about child sex change. No, I'm talking about gender affirming care. But, Zero but, to about got, ten years you, you old. Gotta define the answer is yes. You got to define it, okay? Because if you're talking about something different, tell okay. us what you're talking about. All right. So, if someone is trans and they are young, and until they are about ten years old before they go through puberty, gender affirming care would be in the form of you using different pronouns, preferred mm. pronouns, and allowing them to dress differently. Yeah, I don't care about that. Do you have a problem with that? Does yeah. anyone here? Yes, I do. I don't. I don't. Okay, so both of you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do, do you accept that there is no surgery being performed on children at that age, from zero to about 10? There's nothing, there's no hormone blockers, there's no puberty there, blockers. There, there is hormone blockers. I don't think surgery is happening on okay, kids so hormone, under, under 12. So hormone blockers aren't given to children until they go through puberty. That's not true. We, we actually pulled this up with Destiny. He actually, he actually called me out. I was wrong about a stat. Okay. What we found was 47,000 um, cross-sex hormones. I think it was something like 17,000 puberty blockers and like 2,000 double mastectomies for girls after the age of, uh, of 13 or whatever. But, uh, so that doesn't apply to anything I just pu said. Puberty blockers were, were preteen. Uh, puberty blockers. Yes, puberty blockers. They, they have to. They to have someone. because they have to give them the puberty blockers before puberty starts. Yes, of course. Right. So, so you, okay. So you're just reaffirming what I just said. From zero to ten, till about you're about to go through puberty, gender affirming care only comes in the form. I think there are some incredibly rare instances of puberty blockers being applied, um, like earlier than ten, but I like insanely rare because puberty blockers continue to be effective, like even if you've gone through a bit of puberty because like puberty takes a long time Does, puberty takes like a decade doesn't it i hit puberty when i was like eight or nine i hit puberty really really early and and grew pretty quickly from there and and i don't think i really stopped puberty until i was in my early 20s i, I don't know i don't think there's like a hard line there to determine when you stop but it goes on for a while so even if you've been like engaged in puberty for like two or three years and then you started taking hormone blockers you can still potentially um you can still potentially like block a lot more after that. There's a lot of variety, yeah. Form of using different pronouns, using different names, allowing them to dress differently, and that's it. And you don't have a problem with that. Wait, Lupron too? Okay, so we'll get to Lupron, but up to that point, you don't have a problem with any of this yet, right? I'm saying I, and, like... And, and you agree that there is no surgery being performed on children at that age. Zero, zero let, to let, 10. Let, let, I'll just, let me just start from the beginning so I can make sure I'm, I'm getting what you're saying right. Yeah. 
this is this is actually very direct of Lance, which I like. Um, I like that a lot. You know, you have to be direct in these situations. I don't care if parents call their kids names or whatever. I, I, I care about medical or surgical intervention. Okay, so that doesn't happen until about the age of about 16. That's the average age for- That's, that's- Well, yeah, gotta be careful because medical intervention, which includes hormone blockers and, and hormones, is earlier in 16 often. But but you're you're wrong, okay? Like and 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 look, we we had Destiny on the show. We went into great detail about it. There are girls who are 13 who are getting this done, and there was a study. Actually, it was it was Canadian, I believe, 12 to 17. They had several hundred surgeries performed. Okay, so again, I'll, I'll I, I said I said the you. average age, but if you want to say that there are people who get this at 12, there could be the case. Who would have it? I think let's let's start with puberty blockers, Tim. Mm -hmm. Lupron. You you both have a big problem with Lupron. I don't know a lot about it, but I consider it a medical treatment. Oh my god, he's got a little UFO. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be uh, giving Lupron to kids. So you don't think you should give Lupron? Why am, I, why am I forgetting what Lupron is? I know I know it, I've just forgotten. Hormone-associated therapy, sex hormone suppression. Oh, puberty blocker. Yeah, okay, alright, yeah, just, it's the specific term. Okay, yeah. Lupron to kids. Why, why don't you want Lupron being given to trans kids? To, because it's a, a, a puberty blocker that inhibits the natural function and development of their body, and more importantly... Well, that is what puberty blockers were made to do, yeah. But we've been doing them for decades, and we know they're safe, so... Like, natural development of your body isn't really a good argument when the natural development leads you to harm. Like, if you have a cancerous tumor, the natural development of your body is going to kill you because of the tumor, you know? Like, the, your bodies don't always sort themselves out perfectly in a way that accommodates the health of the person with the body. If that was the case, we wouldn't need medicine as a field. I think my view is uh, built upon what we've seen out of Europe already, right? So earlier on, maybe oh, a few no. years... Oh, they're going to do the thing where it's like there was a political attack on the, um, the NHS from the UK and then Finland took it or whatever. No... I want studies. Ago, I was more agnostic on the issue until Sweden, Denmark, Finland abandoned this and the Tavistock Center got, got shut down mm -hmm. and the data they released said this actually caused more harm than good. And no, they didn't. That didn't happen. That's not true. We've been over this. Then I was like, well, okay, hey, how about that? And for some reason, the United States, they're still hell bent on moving forward with what we can already see from, you know, better countries with better healthcare systems saying no to this, right? Okay, so I can address those individually because I have the explanation as to why that happened. Also, to be clear, those countries have better healthcare systems in the sense that they are more accessible to the average person than America's. In terms of medical research, as I understand it, America's unpeered. Um, wealthy people from all around the world travel to America for the guidance and expertise of our doctors because we are so obscenely wealthy. Um, but yeah, like and the NHS allowing people to get like their healthcare at all isn't the same as them having the final word on any medical issue. When it comes to Lupron, 0 to 10 is about the age where gender-affirming care only comes in the form of different names, pronouns, stuff like that. We, uh, we can all agree that's completely fine. But we the can't. I You three can agree, fine, but fine, I don't. Fine, okay, fine. But th it's their show, so I just want to concentrate but, on, on that for I'm, two I'm, seconds. I'm, my, my position is more just like, oh, man, like social therapy stuff. Uh, they say that uh, after puberty, desistance rates are between 60, 65 and like 92%. That is not true. Um, the desistance rates that he is citing here are actually from a study which checked gender incongruence in young people to see whether or not they ended up being cisgender. So basically what he's saying is, um, hey, if you had like a son who played with a Barbie doll once, 
like there's a 95% chance he goes on to be a cisgender man in the future. It's like, okay, not for diagnoses of gender dysphoria, for which after that diagnosis takes place, the desistance rates are incredibly low. Okay, so, so that's so, completely false. I, 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 and I I'll mean, get to that. We have to, we have to do oh, this. Come on, piece, bro. We come have on. to do this piece by piece first. Okay. Oh, let's well, let's let, let's get let's get through loop. Hey, I first. just I just proved you wrong. Uh, studies show uh, 10, 10 follow up studies. Oh, see, he's right here. He's going to. So this is wrong. So this is if. So what Lance is doing, not Lance, sorry, what Tim Pool is doing right here is the same like jibber jabber gish gallop bullshit where he's interrupting Lance to like get him on another point. The, this is the problem with going on these shows, you know? It's literally like a five-on-one in terms of, like, the atmosphere of the room. You need to have an answer to every random piece of bullshit they bring to you, or they get to stop the convo and hang on that one point, like, forever. He's found resistance of 61 to 98 percent. Yeah. Notice, by the way, studies have reported higher rates of desistance among prepubertal children. 2016 of 10 prospective follow-up studies from... Childhood adolescents found desistance rates ranging from 61 to 98%. Okay, let's get that. Wikipedia desistance. Just so we can know, just so we can make sure. Let's find the 98% statistic. Next sentence. These studies have been criticized on the grounds that they include cases as desistance where the child met the criteria for gender identity. Uh, wait, because I the ground they include cases where the child met the criteria of gender identity disorder as defined in the DSM-3 or DSM-4, although some would likely not have met the updated criteria for the DSM-5 for gender dysphoria. Initial diagnostic criteria for gender dysphoria were only introduced in the DSM-3 in 1980, so earlier research on desistance rates might report inflated numbers of desistance due to the inclusion of gender non-conforming children without gender dysphoria. Additionally, two studies of childhood desistance were based on data from a Canadian clinic which closed in 2015. After allegations, they engaged in conversion therapy by discouraging social transition. Such clinical practices may lead to inflated rates of reported desistance. Most childhood desisters go on to identify as cisgender and gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Right, because they're not, because they're including people who don't have gender dysphoria. Next sentence. Can you, can you click on the Wikipedia article? Yes! Detransition topic. Lance, no, yes! You're, you're missing the mic. Can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Missing the mic, but... uh, what are the studies? Where, where are we talking about? I would uh -oh. like to know if you are taking uh -oh. these studies specific. Well, because I have each one of them written down here, and I'm, I'm quite curious. Is the Drummond study one of them? Is the Wallen study? Is Stensma, the Swedish study, a part of this? The 2011 study? Probably. I don't know. Well, uh, no, we should know. This is incredibly important for no, what we're talking it's about. No, it's not. This is 2018. This is uh, Gender Dysphoria and Adolescence Current Perspectives in the National Library of Medicine. Okay, scroll down to the conclusion of this one. Just like I want to get the mic again. Oh, sorry. sorry you can carry it around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Move it. I gotta get, gotta get used to this. Yeah, dog. I know. Scroll down to the conclusion of the study. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to at least skim some of the what what the numbers and reference are to like the, the reference. While you're the, skimming, I when I think of a little kid like being outcomes, like a little boy, uh -huh. disorders. I'm a girl. The parent. I I would hope that the parent would be like. You can be you. You can pretend to be whatever you want. You can be an actor. You can play a girl. Mm -hmm. But I get afraid when a mom's like, "He said he's a girl. That means he's trans." Right. So f for this, it's not a process. It doesn't exist in which someone can say, "Hey, I'm a boy. I'm a girl," and then they go into a doctor's office and like, "Well, take some Lupron." It's you do you do years and years wow. of consultation between uh, a I, doctor I, and, just, and and between like a therapist and between the patient itself. I'm just gonna read this. Sure, of course. Adolescence is a crucial time for identity and psychosexual development in young people with gender identity concerns. The outcomes of GDC have been discussed in terms with its of its persistence and desistance. For most children with GDC, whether GD will persist or desist will probably be determined between the ages of 10 and 13 years, although some may need more time. 
Evidence from the 10 available prospective follow-up studies from childhood to adolescence. 10? Oh man, remember when we were doing that video from that horrible fake scientist? And it was like, these these dozens of studies only have dozens to hundreds of people. And this is 10 prospective follow-ups? Reviewed in the study by Restore- Oh, sorry. Prospective follow-up studies. My apologies. I'm an idiot. Story and Steensma indicate that for around Oh, it is 80, Steensma. I was right. I asked if this was Steensma. Okay. I, 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 can, 80, I can answer this 80% of children who meet the criteria for GDC. Right. The, but you said- you said 20 What's GDC? 2011. Oh, so there's multiple Steens, uh, Steensma studies. They've actually built upon each other. Uh -huh. And the problem with the Steensma study, unfortunately, is that they actually ca uh, characterized people who were not trans in that study. They didn't compare people who were trans to people who were trans and then uh -huh. detransitioned. They compared yeah. people in the general population. What's your 40, source? What's 40, your source for that? The, the study. actual author of the study has come out since and said what, that. What can I, said what that can, the what study? Can I, what can I pull up to confirm that? Okay. Like, because look, I pulled up a study that said a thing. That the what study. Can I, what can I, the actual what it, author. Of what is GDC right here? Oh, this is so frustrating. I know, I know what Lance is going through because I've been there. Hold on. Um, what is this? Steensma? Steensma study GDC. What is GDC? Where does it define that term? Gender dysphoria is GD. So what is GDC? A gender dysphoria in childhood. Okay. There we go. And then let's find the article. Um, Steensma statement. Yeah. People in the general population. What's your 40, source? What's 40, your source for that? The actual author of the study has come out since and said what, that. What can I, said what can, that the what study? Can I, what can I pull up to confirm that? Okay. Like, because look, I pulled up a study that said a thing. You've made a counterclaim. I'll love. Absolutely. I will pull it up. Ab no, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so go to. Because I don't know who Steensma is. Okay, so, well, Steensma, and the problem, uh, I'll say one more thing because I had this written down. 45.3% of the people did not reapply for treatment. They counted that as people who were detransitioning, when they weren't, in fact, doing that. Um, wait, so, can, can, go, but, can, wait, can I ask you something? Yes, yes, Okay, so, yes, yes, we asked for the source. Let's do things in order. Well, I'm going to respond to what trans, you just trans said. Trans I, I, need to, I need to respond to what that you just said right now. That last point is kind of important response. We're literally talking about desistance. Right. If they're including people who desisted, you'd have to to get the number of no, those no, no, who no. desisted. They, they included people who did not reapply for treatment. They counted that as someone who was desisting. That's just someone who didn't show up again. That's literal desistance. No, it's, it's not. It's not that. That's no, literal no, not, desistance. Not, not whatsoever, Tim. That is someone who has decided they just don't want to go talk to that doctor or experience things with that doctor. They could have gone off to a different doctor. They could have done something else. But that is not someone who has verifiably said, I was trans. I'm no longer trans. So, That's me, just what? people who did Let not show up. Let me your thing. Okay. So go to transadvocate.com slash... I'm not going to, uh, uh, I, need, I need a study or something, not an advocate. Oh God, this is going to take like 50 million years. This website. This, okay, this, I, this, I pulled up a scientific study for you. you. I'm Tim. not pulling up a nonprofit Good job. advocacy So group. this is an interview with the person who did the study in this article. I have pulled up a scientific study for you. <laughs> and you the person who it. did, and I'm challenging you with the person who did the study. And, and you're, and you're telling me to pull up an advocacy website, which is not on par with the scientific study. But it's, it's, it's the person who did the study between the person who did the scientific study. Is there study. a counter study saying this is not correct? Okay. There, no, that's not how it works. The problem isn't that the study is incorrect. The problem is that the terminology used in the study is being misused by people like you, Tim. That's not the same. It's not a counter study. It's clarification from the author. If you, uh, yes, an overwhelming amount. Like, oh, okay, sure. Let, let me pull that up. Okay. Can you, like, can I, you, look, if I pull up the net, the NIH, sure. and then you say go to transadvocate.com, you'll Let's understand why this. I'm not Let's going to do this. Do what if the transadvocate.com blog or website contains links to studies or a accumulation of information or an interview or something? It's not, it's not all independent reporting. Sometimes it just hosts other stuff. Cool. 
Cornell University. I'm not, I'm not going to Breitbart for my source on desistance, okay? Sounds good. Cornell University did what's, a meta study. Let me, they, what's, they, what is it? Okay, Cornell University did a meta study on 55 Can different studies. Can yeah, I just start looking up Cornell University meta study on detransition. Cornell University did a meta study on 55 different studies on detransitioning. Of those 55, they found 52 of the studies showed that people detransitioned at a rate of less than 4%. And of those people who did it, the reason they detransitioned was social stigma. That's 52 of the 55. The other three of those 55, they didn't show a net negative effect. There was not a single study of the 55 that Cornell University looked at that showed detransitioning or gender affirming care being a bad thing for trans people. If anything, it was a net positive. This is a meta study of a whole bunch of studies. Okay, how is this gonna go wrong? Does, does anyone in chat want to take bets on what, like, asinine bullshit side point this is going to get hooked up on by Tim? I have another meta study. So wait, but hold, hold on. But I'm, try, I, I just, I'm trying I wanna, to pull up a scientific study to confirm what you're saying. Yeah, I also just want to ask a question about this, too. Sure. So you're mentioning that this is a, a meta-analysis of studies yes. on people who have detransitioned. But by definition, right, this is taking into account people who went through, what, puberty blockers, hormone replacement therapy, in, in physical in, surgeries? So it, sure, for in each study, it was different things. In mm -hmm. some of the studies, it was people who were going through uh, puberty blockers. Some had hormone therapy, but a lot of them in one form or another had received gender-affirming care. They were trans when the study first uh, tried to identify these people, and then... Then it looked at them years later. And how is this sample collected? Because Oh my god. Why not just read the meta-analysis? It's a meta-analysis of dozens of... Do you know what a meta-analysis is? There are dozens of... What do you mean? T explain the methodology of these dozens of paper. L look, look at the study. Because almost every single issue or almost every single study I've seen from trans advocates on this issue use a convenience sample rather than doing some kind of controlled, oh, randomized test for right, the treatment. So, so this is what? The, they're longitudinal studies of the effect on gender-affirming care on trans people. You don't need to random, randomly select which ones you get. You're just comparing trans people at two points in time. They don't... You. Do, okay. We're not doing political polling here. It's longitudinal. We're, okay. This is a meta-study of a whole bunch of other studies. Okay. So you would have to go between each study because at the end of the day... Thank you, Lance. Okay, thank you. I don't want to fall in this trap that me and Tim were about to do where each of us starts saying like, well, I have a study. Well, you have a study. Well, I have a study. We can do this all day. So we should look at metadata, right? We should look at compromising data that looks over a whole bunch of studies. A second metadata study that I want you to look at, regret after gender-affirming surgery, a systematic... That was really good by him, by the way. That was, uh, that was really good by Lance. Calling out the fact that, like, because nobody can even argue that's what's happening. Uh, identifying that, like, th this is going to be, like, an interminable back and forth. And then immediately, without a breath to give them, uh, segueing into the next meta-analysis. That's very good. Very good. Review and meta-analysis of prevalence. This went to Canada, the Netherlands, Belgium, UK, Italy, USA, Brazil, Sweden, Singapore, Germany, Norway, Ireland, Serbia. And an interview between 27 studies, 7,928 trans patients. It showed a less than 1% right, right. regret rate. So here's so, can I also let, mention let, something? Let, 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 I have another medicine. Okay, okay, <laughs> I gotta address this right now. There, sure. there is a problem we are facing in that you are saying a lot of things and I can't pull up any sources. At the very least, all wait, what could you could he gave you the thing to Google, you could just look at it. All I did was Google searched it. I pulled up the two studies that were associated with it and said, "Here's what it says." I have not given you my personal perspective. No, no, no. You're not looking up the studies associated with it. You're finding the meta analysis. You, you it's a it's a meta analysis. That's the point of a meta analysis. 
Also, notice how now all of a sudden Tim has a problem with being sniped with um, studies he can't immediately read or know the uh, entirety of. Perspective on it. You've now given me your personal view on it. No, I've given you. No, what? What? The studies. These are two meta studies. What I have a third meta study. The studies. Let me please pull them up. I can't find what you're talking the about. The first one is Cornell University. They did a meta study. What's of the 70... name of it? It's Cornell University's meta study of 72 studies on gender affirming care. 72. Of that, 55 of the studies were directly related to detransitioning. Met... What, what meta study on? I just want to flag that. What, what... Oh my god. Cornell University meta analysis gender affirming care. Top result. Top result. And then you can go down here, and then if you click on analysis, it'll bring you to, wow, every study they did a meta-analysis of, because it's Cornell University. It's not a blog. And then you can click on any of these, and, okay, wait, no, you click on, here, click on the source website. And then you can go here, and then, well, obviously past a certain point, you're going to need, to, you're going to start hitting paywalls, because it's academia, but, you know, yeah. What's the Assistance title? What's the title and detransitioning are two up? different things. Right, right, right. Well. What, look, look up uh, Cornell, Cor University, Cornell University, what does scholarly research say about the effect of gender transition or on gender trans well-being? Oh, here we go. I found it. Nice. And the third one, the third meta study that I want to bring up is a U.S. study. It's a 2015 U.S. Okay, so, transgender study. But, but, but this isn't this isn't a scientific research paper that's peer reviewed. Uh, no. Yeah, it's like it's like talking to animals at the zoo, Kanye. You're completely right. It's like it's it's like talking to animals at the zoo. No, this is a meta-analysis of scientifically researched uh, papers. Did you that's from what okay, we but, know. But, dot inequality but hold, dot hold on, like, do we have a standard on why we, why should, why should we, we should there's, accept there's, your... If you want to know their methodology, there's a click here to view the methodology thing. You can find that out for yourself right there. But this is not a peer-reviewed scientific paper. <sighs> this is a meta-analysis, Tim. peer-reviewed scientific papers. Here's Jackson. Gone. Kobe. Check that out, right? Okay, so if you want to check that out, bro. Right. Next thing you're gonna do, you're gonna tell me ivermectin is some cure because of a meta-analysis. This meta -analysis. has nothing to do with it. No, 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 no bro. This has you... But there is no meta-analysis that said ivermectin was a cure for COVID. By the way, the PMC article Tim cited for desistance rates is a meta-study. By the way, yeah, literally, the paper that he brought up and linked and showed on screen was a meta-analysis. Oh my god, man! You Dude, can't ivermectin. come. You can't come to me. When everyone tries screaming about ivermectin because of a meta-analysis that I reject and say I don't think it works, you, you can go and then have someone We're from the left come to me and now claim meta. Why are we? Why the? Wh what? What the? He's saying he doesn't have to accept meta-analyses because there was a meta-analysis. The left. What is he talking about? Jibber jabber. Analysis is effective. No, the point is this. I said Wh left come to me and now claim meta-analysis is effective. That's not meta-analyses aren't a process it's just a collection of studies it's what do you what do you mean uh the, what does that mean that doesn't mean anything he knows he's losing yeah this is it's 100 coping like he knows for a fact that like it, it when actually like laying out all the evidence it's a, like what what lance should say here i think and i don't blame him if he doesn't say it because this is incomprehensibly retarded is he should say okay well a meta-analysis is a collection of peer-reviewed studies so let's go through all 52 of them 
That would be like, you know, let's, all right, let's go through all of these studies that agree with my point, you know? Don't worry, there's only like 50 of them to go through. Let's go. No, the point is this. I said, give me a study and you cannot do it. There's 52 of them! I am on my way to give you a third meta-study. A Those combination of cities. These Those are studies. No, if we go study to study okay, back bro. and forth, Tim, this is going to take forever. Give me so one. Let's give look me one. One study. One study. One study. One. <laughs> Dude, I'll give you two. Give no, me one. This is embarrassing. I've got like... Embarrassing, you just can't give me one study. He gave him... Remember, Tim gave a meta-analysis. Study? Okay. I've given you two. And I didn't even make an assertment. I googled it and pulled up what you I found. You want individual studies I instead of meta-analysis, which is ridiculous, but sure, here's individual studies. The mental health outcomes in transgender non-binary non youth receiving gender-affirming care from February 25th, 2022. This yeah, me, just me opening my phone to the Cornell University link and going like, okay, here, all right, I'm going to list 52 of them, all right? And then we can synthesize their opinions together in a, in a meta fashion. We can analyze these, okay? Uh, and then you just read through all of them un, like without ever taking a breath, you know? Let me, that, let me type it and pull it up for yeah, you. Yeah, but I can explain to him while you're doing the, your own research. Can you, can Kids you, who I need, receive I need you to tell me what the name is so and up. Mental health outcomes in mental transgender, health outcomes in trans transgender and non-binary youth receiving gender affirming care, February 25th, 2022, peer-reviewed study. The findings, kids who received puberty blockers and hormone therapy had six- Sorry, hold on one second, okay? I'm King Crimson. I just saw the future in my, in my own bangs that I don't have. So- the problem here, this isn't Lance's fault. This is just like the nature of the platform on the Timcast, whatever, um, is that like we're, it's, we're now in the jibber jabber zone. Lance was correct in that the only way to avoid this interminable back and forth is to settle on a meta analysis and just go by like aggregate data because there are hundreds of studies that you could pull from. Overwhelmingly studies that support our position, by the way, um, but nonetheless, hundreds of them. Uh, and now, like, we're going to get on this study, and he's going to pull up an individual study, and he's going to say something about the selection or the methodology or the sample size. And then Lance is going to be like, okay, well, let's take a look at this other study then. And Tim's going to be like, well, how many of these studies do I have to look through before I find a good one? Um, and it's like, it's never going to go anywhere. I think, I'm trying to think of, like, the best way to address this. And I think the only, I think the only way is you have to talk to Tim like a child. Like, I think you have to say, listen, a meta-analysis offers the collective conclusions of the papers which are a part of it. If you want, you can go to the conclusion of all of these papers. You can just sit there silently for 45 minutes, but no matter how you shake it, Tim, the majority of the evidence settles in my favor. You can what? We can do it. We can do it forever. We can dedicate the entire show to you reading all of these studies, you know? I feel like patronizing is the only way to get through it, because otherwise it's like it's jibber-jabber, you know? 60% lower odds of moderate or severe depression and 73% lower odds of suicidality. Here's another individual study for you. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. That, 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 nothing to do with desistance. Do you, do you want to go back to desistance studies? That's what I was asking you about. I, I Google searched desistance. Wikipedia Look has up. two studies that say it's- Remember, he Google searched desistance, saw the Google headline tag that pulled from the article and missed the sentence right after it that said, these studies don't work. Google is such a terrible search engine. The way it tries to give you the quick answers at the top will often give you like the wrong ones. I saw one where it was like, a, the question was um, like, is this plant safe for dogs? Like if dogs eat this plant, will it hurt them? And the Google like quick answer pop-up was, yeah, it's totally fine. But if you click on the article that it was like AI generating the blurb from, it was like, no, it's not fine. And it was like the sentence it was pulling from was something like, some people might think, yeah, it's fine, but, Da, da, da. But all it was getting was the bit in the middle. You know what I mean? It's 61 to 98%. You said that's wrong. How do you think in rhetoric and optics? How do you think? I think Lance is doing really good here.
Um, it's just such a difficult situation because, like, you're talking to a bunch of monkeys at the zoo. I said, what's it is, your it, source? It, you yes. didn't give me one. I did on the spot. You gave it's, me it's a okay. meta-analysis. We're on camera, so you, that is not we, don't, we don't get to go back. It's not a peer-reviewed source. Analysis. It's, if if you want to go back and forth, Tim, on single studies, like I said, this can take forever. So it, 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 it Do you not have a forth. single study? I've named you tons of studies. No, no, no. You've given me a meta-analysis, not a single study. A meta-analysis combines other studies. Do you understand so how what, that works? Yes. So of that, the so 55 studies that it looks at, no, of the 55 studies that it looks at, 72 studies have drawn a conclusion, and then someone that looked at less them than and made 4%, it Tim. You're saying that out of 72 studies that found a conclusion. No, 55. It's, 50, it, it looks at 72. 55 talked about detransitioning. It was, it was a... Hypothetical number. 51, saying, 51. You're, you're looking at a bunch of studies that have come to conclusions. Of course. That are peer reviewed. And you're saying, but someone uh, analyzed those. Cornell University did. Who from Cornell? Click on, click here to view right, right. methodology you, and you can learn about the their point. methodology. You just rejected it outright when you saw it. You were like, because oh, it's I not reject a study. Right. It's not a study. It's a meta I can't do this. I, I can't. I can't. Do, guys, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't do this i can't take this you have to i don't have to actually i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this guys please be strong for us i can't do i can't do this i can't do this guys i can't i can't it's not good for me it's not good for you this is exactly like fear and hunger this is exactly like pathologic hold on i need to if i'm gonna make it through any more of this i need some artistic annotation hold on i need to capture the dread Okay. Analysis of studies. These but are different that, things. But, but I'm what explaining you're, that but to you. The problem is these studies have their own conclusions. You're ignoring. They combine their conclusions to reach their let me, findings. Let me, let me, that's, that's let me explain for those that want to understand what I'm trying to say. During COVID, there were a whole bunch of studies done, individual studies, peer-reviewed, that found ivermectin did not work. The right kept bringing up meta-analyses that said, actually, it does. No. I said, and I said this to Joe Rogan, I read... That's not how it works if there was a meta-analysis that validated the effectiveness of ivermectin which there wasn't it would be composed of multiple studies that themselves affirm the effectiveness of ivermectin a meta-analysis is just an aggregate of source data the if if you have a good meta-analysis you have good data you have good studies that's not how this works. Reject that. Show me the actual study. I do not believe this is correct. I will not afford you some benefit to come in and make the same argument to me. If you do not have a study that is peer-reviewed and cited, then I'm not going to entertain uh, uh, so, your, so your did, opinions. So when I bring up the Cornell University study, that's... That's not a study, it's a meta-analysis. Yeah, of 55 peer-reviewed studies, whose conclusion of 52 came to the fact that there is a less than 4% detransition rate. If you go to r slash science, Tim, you can find out... <laughs> no, 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 this come is... On. I, I, I asked I'm, you for... I'm, you're pulling up Reddit when I'm... No, no, I'm pulling, up, I'm pulling up Reddit because Cecilia... Uh, name is pronounced Jen de Jen explains and, and downplays why you're wrong about that 80 to 85% because she's the one who actually did that study. She's the one who did the study you cited. So, so she explains why it's being misused. It is not true. I can say this. There are arguments about what is true all day, every day. There's oh my arguments God. that M theory is wrong and that science is unwilling to this. give up because too many scientists have dedicated their lives to it. So they argue that M theory is the is, is is the theory, while others are coming up with like E8 Lie Group theory or whatever. I totally understand that people will decide what they think is true or not. 
Hence, I have a bottom line standard. If the right comes at me and says, ivermectin meta-analyses prove it works, I say, don't know, don't care. We have rejected the concept of someone analyzing a collection of studies and making determination. What our standard is, or at the very least where I'm at is, if we're going to have any basic agreement on what is or isn't, there has to be a unified standard there, which is a peer-reviewed study, which is not absolute. If I have two peer-reviewed studies and the establishment narrative, when I search for it, says 61 to 98 percent. Why is my fucking? I will not working? accept your meta-analysis opinion the same as I wouldn't for someone who believes ivermectin works, because your argument is founded upon why? the same basis as theirs. Okay, so first off, the meta-analysis of ivermectin actually showed that it wasn't effective at preventing or treating COVID-19. That that was the actual meta-analysis of ivermectin, so it actually would back up your own uh, claims. Secondly, you and me can look at individual studies, and it would, can take a very long time, but we should look at regret after gender-affirming surgery, a systematic review, and meta-analysis of prevalence, which looks at, again, 27 studies, and interviews 7,920 people across the world. What the and again, fuck? in places like Italy, USA, Brazil, you name it, that meta-analysis also found a less than 1% regret rate. You have to be able to combine multiple studies because this is something that has been so thoroughly investigated globally for so long that to ignore the science and data on well, this is, on. Is, is to flagrantly... Well, there's I, not been a single large-scale randomized clinical trial for puberty blockers to treat gender dysphoria. There's not been one. You, you what the are f*** is happening? Right? Well, I don't know much about it. I know. I, mean, I, I, I just very against is pretty strong. Okay. I'm typically like we shouldn't give. I'm saying there hasn't like, been one large scale randomized clinical trial for okay. these like, treatments. Like Lupron for when when children go through like the early onset puberty. Yeah. And it's like an actual OBS change like, something. That's why saying very against something is like, well, what yeah. we're talking about is are, are we are we going to a kid who uh, are, are we dealing with an actual case of, say, endocrine disruption caused by phthalates and PCBs? Or are we dealing with a kid who's just playing with dolls and the parents are incorrect, right? And, and in that case, you would have a long process where they would have to do interviews with again. I think I broke my OBS. Whether or not it's appropriate, and people who and, go on and, puberty blockers, I want to add this: it's, it's for a limited amount of time. They want to do it only to be able to wrong. hold that off. No, it isn't. If you see, speak this to is, the actual this, doctors on this, this, is, this you is only issue. take it. No, 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 Tim, let me finish the sentence. Come on, you brought me on your show. Let me finish this. You only go on puberty blockers for a short amount of time before you can be put onto HRT. They do not want to keep them on puberty blockers, and that way you avoid a lot of the potential negative side effects. We from had Helena Kirk. Okay. on the show who walked into a planned parenthood and within minutes was given the maximum dose of oh thank god i was so distracted i didn't have to listen to that for multiple minutes holy shit lance i'm surprised you made it out of there alive i'm done that was fun that was great hope you all enjoyed the extra few minutes that we got to eke out on my distraction get me out of here i can't deal with this anymore i can this isn't even like a Lance or a me or a whatever else thing. It's when I'm in situations like this, I, I, I feel like I'm, this is like a nightmare. This is like a sleep demon. Holy shit. I'm like laying on my back and I can't breathe and I'm being stared at by this video. Oh my God. It's like drowning. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm dying basically. Oh my God. Get me out of there. Also, good job, Lance. You were doing really good there. Seriously, like unironically. Um, I mean, it's pretty much an unwinnable situation because, again, arguing with monkeys, but, you know. I had to mute it several times just to make through. Yeah, it's really bad.